your positive, positive, positive imprint. Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, this is Catherine, your host of the podcast, Your Positive Imprint, the variety show featuring people all over the world whose positive achievements inspire positive thought and action. Exceptional people rising to the challenge. Music by the talented Chris Knoll. Check out his music and learn more about him at chrisknoll.com. C-H-R-I-S-N-O-L-E dot com. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Visit my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, where you can subscribe to this podcast. You can also subscribe and follow my show from your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, etc. Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.? Vic Elizabeth Turnbull of Mike Media lives and breathes everything British. She's from Sheffield, England. Her voice is heard across the world, but she loves helping a good egg tell their story. Being a change maker makes Vic proud, and today this fantastic egg is going to tell her story. <laughs> Vic, welcome to the show. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for letting me go on your podcast. It feels a little bit weird being the person that's being interviewed. I'm usually the person interviewing other people. Well, you have a story to tell. I know. I've got sweaty palms. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is just exciting to meet you. A voice out in England and allowing others to share their voice when you were trying to make a change in the area where you live in, which yeah, I think yeah. is just phenomenal. You have this great voice and you're from Sheffield. Did you grow up wanting to help others uh, or provide an outlet for others to share their voice and share their thoughts? No, I didn't. I um, I grew up wanting to be a radio star. I wanted to be a radio DJ uh, from a very young age. So I, I'm an absolute massive music geek. I love music. Um, and I fell in love with radio at a very, very young age. I remember, and I, I tell this story a lot in my training, I remember being really, really tiny and having a, I don't know if you have Fisher-Price in, in the States, but a Fisher-Price uh like a portable cassette player with a little microphone on it and I used to make my own radio shows with like the dogs and the cats and the cuddly toys um and then that that progressed onto like recording the chart show like the billboard charts every every week so I could listen to them back and I used to um I figured out very early on I think it was my like about 10 years old if you got a phono um, the end of a headphone cable and plugged it into the mic output, you could create a microphone with your headphones. I shouldn't have been sticking things in electrical things when I was 10 years old, but hey, I did it. Um, and was always fascinated in the intimacy of radio. And and that's I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I did media studies um, in high school and actually very lucky to do media studies because in the UK, those sort of subjects are getting quashed like due to 
various things. Um, and then I went to college and did a very hands-on media production qualification. So, and then I went to university to do like an elevated version of that course for two years. So I'm quite lucky in the fact that I knew what I wanted to do when I was dead little. And it's almost been my heart and my belly to do that ever since. So I finished university. Now I'm coming, I come from a background with no connections in the media industry. I'm from Sheffield, like a working class family. My dad doesn't run a record label or works in a newspaper. You know, my mum's not the receptionist at a radio station. So I had zero contacts in the industry and um, I didn't have my, you know, mum and dad to help me get in there. So I literally started from the bottom. I did my year out before I went to university. I didn't go traveling. I spent it working in McDonald's. So there was no magic way in for me. And when I left university, I thought that I'd be able to go into like instantly go into a job in radio and be like the biggest radio star in the UK. <laughs> and then and then it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, no. And I felt quite deflated, actually. Um, like, oh, I've done, you know, two years and I've and I've and I've done everything I thought I was going to do. And I'm not I'm still not like I'm not doing it. So I did some work experience at the BBC and I did work experience at another commercial radio station and at the same time these were unpaid internships and so I do those at the daytime and then in the night time I go and work in a comedy club and I did that for about six months I was a bar lady I was getting experience but I was working at the same time um and then purely by accident I well not accident well my a friend a friend of mine said to me that come on let's go to a careers fair I don't know if you have those over there where it's like loads of employers in a room and they have little stalls. And you can talk to them about like if they've got any openings or any jobs going. And it's like um, it's like a, a car boot for jobs <laughs> in a way. So I came across this amazingly cool charitable organisation. It was a charity, but it was helping um, get emerging creative people into the creative industries especially those people without connections. Um, so it's based on a, a meritocracy of, of creativity as opposed to the nepotism of the creative industries. So I started, I started as an intern, an unpaid intern for this place called the Noise Festival. And I left eight and a half years later as deputy director. Oh, wow. That time really made me draw upon my personal experiences of being a, an unconnected creative and trying to navigate my way through getting into the industry and that's what that's what changed my sort of outlook on things really and it's it's and it's gone from there helping people like me who wanted to find a way to try and break into closed industries um, but at the same time helping people to what I do now is helping everyone to have a voice as well that that is such an incredible story of the strife but you have pushed forward with the dream that you had, and you had to really weave yourself through uh, areas that were obviously a bit difficult at times, not part of your dream, but you knew you had to work somewhere while you're working towards your dream. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. I Go ahead. On reflection, I learned so much during those eight and a half years that by the time I was 30, I've done, I've done enough things 
that loads of people hadn't. I, you know, I'd spoke at the Houses of Parliament. You know, I'd spoke at sorry the House um, House of Commons. I'd, you know, launched things Downing Street. Um, I'd spoke on national stages like like I'd produced documentaries. You know, it was just the, the amount of stuff I did was incredible, which then set me up to do a few other jobs in the charity sector. But I always had this this the old childhood thing of I still want to work in radio I still want to be creative sort of six years into my time at noise I um started to write for an independent music website called silent radio in Manchester and I helped to co-found their weekly radio show they're such good eggs silent radio really independent unbiased music press and we did their weekly radio show for two years no, it wasn't two years, four years. <laughs> God, it was double that. Um, then I, I went to work for a youth leadership charity um, as their national marketing and fundraising manager. Eventually, the time came for me to leave that job. And I just, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to go on my own. Well, and look what it did. Wow. And yeah. I was watching my dog. Is she? I, sometimes there's a bear that's on the other side. So I have to keep an eye on her. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, the difference between where you're sat and you might get bears, literally all I can hear is a tram. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love to have you share some words about, first of all, you were talking about this charitable organization that you worked for and that, that part of you changed. I mean, your soul changed, your heart changed, your mind changed. And so it kind of guided you in a different direction. So talk a little bit about that and what, what it was that you did and what you learned. I think it was always there. It was just the, the opportunity to position myself in a different, completely different environment. And what the charity stood for just made perfect sense for me because I'd come from, I was one of their sort of target audience people if you if you get me right and from there I knew I'd learned that not all people get into all jobs that they want um certain backgrounds certain um the way you were brought up your education can have a massive effect on you becoming a success sure um and that sort of rang true to me as well um and it was only through hard work and determination and and having no sleep that I (laughs) got to where I was but it doesn't have to be that way does it really and God, that job taught me, I, w- I was doing like, I was doing things from making a feature length documentary with young gypsies and travellers to, like I say, speaking at Manchester Town Hall, opening a three story pop up shop on the busiest street in Manchester um, that had 40,000 visitors in one year. It was just the most random but brilliant experience that really helped shape my sort of work ethic and and how I am today um and don't get me wrong it it wasn't all plain sailing like I worked far too hard and like sacrificed quite a lot really in those early days which reflecting back now I probably shouldn't have gone all gung-ho into it as I did um but then again having that experience of working really hard has helped me now shape my having a good well goodish work-life balance um it helped also professionalize what well, professionalize my sort of character and and the way that I operate so from going from an intern to more or less helping run the run the charity was was actually you know it's you know it's great for the CV but it's also a fantastic experience as well and loads of that I went on I took that onto the next job I went on to which saw me managing again it was the same sort of 
like ethos. It was helping to diversify the leadership landscape in the UK because for years and years and years, the people that make the decisions, and it's the same with you, you know, you know, same across the world, the people that make decisions aren't representative of the people that those decisions affect. The organisation I went on to work for was, was a charity called Uprising, which was to mobilise like an army of diverse, knowledgeable, skilled leaders um, to try and shake up that bland leadership landscape. And that's leaders across everything like government, you know, legal, uh, CEOs. Like there's a, there's a really, and I've probably misquoted this, like a really shocking statistic that there's more in the FTSE 100 companies, there are more CEOs called John than there are women. So working for Uprising, I managed I managed their youth leadership programmes and then went on to be their fundraising and marketing manager. And again, that was all about everyone have a chance. It was about, it was about representation um, and ensuring that everyone had a chance to do the same things as everyone else. Uh, and that that sort of like helped hone like my values and my ethos. It also helped me figure out like what I don't like. I never really thought about my values until I went for that job. Um, Why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't think I even had time. To, I didn't think I had any. And I just thought it was a bit of like an arty farty sort of like hippie thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then um, so some of the changes that I helped contribute to was like getting young people jobs in their like getting dream jobs in the industries that they wanted to go into, which is so cool. Now, um, is that part of Noise Festival? Yeah, that was part of Noise, getting getting people experience in, say, for example, the creative career that they wanted to be in. We helped get them seen by like influencers in their in their um, specific sort of area of creativity. So really helping change loads of people's lives, which is she's lovely isn't it too and I'm sure you do as a teacher how nice it is to wake up in the morning and know that you're you're doing good you often don't think that way when you're in the job you're just wanting to be sure that the kids are getting what they need for education uh, and then I think also as a podcaster you you were saying just a moment ago that you didn't think that you had, or not that you didn't think you had them. It just took a while for you to identify your values. And that's part of a positive imprint. You know, it, it is hard for people to say, oh, well, my positive imprint is such and such and such. And unless we sit down and really reflect and ponder our identity, it is hard. But I think it's also interesting what you were saying there, because I think... Most people, I'm sure, and I'm probably if you if you did, we'd had this conversation five years ago, I would have said, no, I've not got any positive imprints. No, <laughs> and I bet you get loads of people that are like that, don't you? Who, I do, I do. I listened to the one with one of the dancer um, dancing guest you had, and it took a long time for her to eke out her positive imprint and then when she did it, it was like it was huge, it was massive. Oh, that was Carlota. I agree. Yeah. It yeah. did take a while for her to talk about it. And then it was huge. And it was, wow, look at all the stuff you're doing. And I'm not saying that I'm like, I've, got, I've, got, I've, come, to a, I've come to a stage in my life now where I'm comfortable-ish talking about myself. Like I was saying, it's taken a long time for me to get to this point um, and be comfortable with 
talking about my achievements and what I've done uh, for a long time I was very much not able to and I couldn't sell myself very well I was very much like oh, I'm all right <laughs> but you have this great voice in fact you have been nominated yes. for your achievements and not just one area but a couple of areas and I know one for helping a voice for women and number two your podcast yeah so when I left the the job when I was helping young leaders um I have been eight I didn't want to work there for very I, I think that my time had come that I wanted to leave um but I needed a kick up the arse to leave because I don't know about you what made you want to leave I probably would have stayed there a little bit longer but I'd be I was would have got immensely immensely unhappy I even describe myself leaving that organization as like Gollum or like the witch <laughs> no white <laughs> I just I was in a bad mood constantly and it wasn't good for my head so I got made redundant which was, which was brilliant so I got I got made redundant which was great um which was really good for me because it was like the bum that I needed um and I had no plans it was it was it was brilliant like people would go Vic what are you gonna do next I was like I have no idea it was it was good because during those um during that sort of how many years like <sighs> 11 years I'd started my professional career after I'd left uni. Um, I developed a really quite bad um, anxiety problem. And I would have probably, it was probably the right decision for me to sort of pull away from employment, well, to work for myself, because I would have, I probably would have not been able to continue working for very much longer because the anxiety would have got really, really bad. So had you recognised the anxiety early enough on it got really bad at a point when I was working for the first charity noise um and I left the organization and went straight to work for the other organization and in hindsight I wish I'd taken a bit more of a break um just to sort my head out um and during my time at Uprising I like completely changed my outlook to work in that I tried not to work all I was got sense anymore. I tried to be more kinder to myself. Um, you've got something to prove, haven't you? Who you are and what you're doing. It's been hard trying to carve out a solo path for myself and having the anxiety in the background. So I've had to manage it. Um, and there's been times where I've, you know, I've ha- I've run out of you've run out of money and. I've had to manage my anxiety that way as well. Um, so it's not been this whole like amazing, brilliant, you know, picture perfect path to where I am today. It's it has been really hard. Um, there have been mental health problems and setbacks and stumbles. Um, and I think maybe from the outset it looks like it's been it's been pretty good. Been really bloody hard. Um, I didn't know what to do. I was like, well, I'm good. I can do fundraising, like fundraising for charities, and I can, I'm, I'm, I could do that. And I thought, well, that's what I'll do. I'll be a freelance fundraiser. But in my heart, it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I remember going for a job interview. It was just a really weird job interview in the middle of, like, on like off a highway, in this pub. Um, and I, and I, and, and it, they were just really, it was just, I, I left, I was on the train home. It just, it just left me feeling a bit weird. I went onto Twitter and I was like, right, that's it. 
I'm I'm going to be a podcast producer. I'm going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and a, and a business partner of mine saw the tweet, and she's like, "Vic, will you come and help me do some stuff for my my organisation? Um, like help me with my social media and stuff." And that was sort of the turning point where I started to then market myself as a podcast producer. And the beginning of last year, 2019, I decided to combine my charity third sector experience and my love for audio into one. And I just kept them apart for so long. Um, And that was the start of Mike Media, which is a social enterprise and not for profit, um, which who what sole purpose is to help amplify the voices of good eggs um and that can be good eggs from anywhere it can be working with charities or working with large-scale corporates um but helping everyone to tell their stories through high quality audio that's what makes me get out of bed every morning is to amplify people's stories um and to get some more alternative voices into the podcasting sector Wow. So that's how, that's how I got to where I am today. <laughs> that is a great story. This is as you're talking and you're talking about some of your your stumbles and your pitfalls and then you get back up. You're a a real life Bridget Jones. <laughs> well, I've probably got the pants, but <laughs> uh, This is a great story. You are providing such a a platform for these folks who have their stories to tell or who have a voice or who have their foundation. And I don't know if, if you wanted to mention a couple of them. Yeah, I can do. Yeah. So I, so the two things I do, so I do podcast production. So I make podcasts for clients. Um, and then I also do podcast training. So with the podcast production, the one that we alluded to before, um, my very first one is I worked with Manchester City Council, which is our local authority in Manchester, where I am now, and the Pankhurst Trust. And the Pankhurst Trust is based on who the, who the name implies, Emily Pankhurst. Um, it's a trust up in her name, and they're actually based in her house in Manchester, Emmeline Pankhurst being the suffragette. Um, and so they have an annual campaign called the Strong Manchester Women Campaign. And I approached the council saying, well, how about this year we give a bit of a legacy to this campaign and make a podcast for it? Traditionally, the, the Strong Manchester Women campaign happened in March around International Women's Day time. And um, it spotlighted 14 women from across the city who were doing great inspirational things, 14 normal women. Normal as in, like, they're not CEOs and they're not, like, celebrities. They're, like, everyday, like, you and me women. So that big celebration happened and then it stopped after International Women's Day. So I thought, well, why don't we have a podcast and it can last all the time, like, last forever. So each podcast episode um, was an interview with one of these inspirational women. So we had, like, a female boxer called Stacey Copeland uh, who's, who's, who fights for equality in sport. There was uh, Dina Murphy, who's a 90-year-old community gardener from North Manchester. There was a young, there was a not young, she, she's this older lady, uh, Bernie, who who found who runs um, a centre for parents who've got ch- uh, children with severe learning disabilities. So 
extraordinary women whose voices probably wouldn't have got wouldn't have been given a platform in mainstream media so this year i entered the podcast into the british podcast awards into the interview category um, and they had a little tick box on the end of the entry form saying do you want to put it for inclusion in the bullseye award which is the best podcast under 5,000 listens um, so i ticked the box and then i was watching the a couple of months later watching the shortlist um, best interview i didn't see mike i didn't see strong manchester women and i thought it's a bit sad and then i sort of switched it off and i, I didn't watch the end of the other the, the rest of the nominations i was like right i'm gonna have a cup of tea um, <laughs> so a friend of mine screenshotted uh the shortlist announcement for the bullseye award and i was one of one of four strong Manchester women for the best podcast under 5,000 listens. Um, that is honest, so I was awesome. Shocked. Congratulations and for that. Thank you. Yeah. And that was like my first professional podcast in my literally first year of being a podcast production company. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't get the award, but my God, to be nominated. like Absolutely. From that young girl that used to record her, um, own radio shows on a Fisher Price cassette player to <laughs> yeah. be nominated for like one of the most prestigious podcast awards in the UK. So hopefully there'll be more to come. More well, recognition. I hope so. Absolutely. Um, I've got the worst imposter syndrome in the world. So even talking about it now, I'm like, oh, but I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm rubbish. I don't like it. Maybe I should just go back to working in McDonald's. Oh. Um, so the crippling self-doubt comes, it plays into it loads. Um, but I've just, you know, you've got to try and shake those things off, haven't you? You are spot on with your path and where you want to take all of this. So imposter syndrome, yeah, we all get imposter syndrome, all of us. I so much appreciate that you brought to this show the fact that your positive imprints were always there, of course, but what it took for you to identify them and to feel good about talking about them. Yeah, it's taken a lot, no, it has taken a lot, Catherine. I still, I'm still not, like, as soon as we leave this conversation, I'll be like, what the hell did I say? <laughs> I'm, I'm, honestly I'll be reliving this conversation this, I mean this is anxiety it's brilliant I'll be reliving this uh, conversation now for the next 12 hours um, and as soon as it goes out I'll be like oh my goodness what did I say <laughs> oh. so it's, that's, it's still there that niggling like um, but that's something I've, I've, I'm dealing with a lot better now yeah. well you're, you're doing great and I've listened to some of your podcasts I've done loads of podcasts for clients from like other social enterprises to recording events uh, recording conferences and releasing them as bite-sized podcasts uh i just think it's really it's a no-brainer idea i think for a lot of social impact organizations um to have have a podcast or have a podcast or an audio uh an audio side to what they're doing i think it can really show off the amazing work that social impact organisations are doing that's much better and more dynamic and impactful than like a, a boring 2D report. And you know, and that's what your company that you founded, Mike Media, that is what you do. You produce these shows so that these organisations have a platform to share their voice 
So you are doing radio. Your dream is is yeah. Your dream came true. <laughs> it's it's nuts, isn't it? It's absolute bananas when you think about it. <laughs> well, congratulations on that, Thank and you. think of it. When you said it's bananas, isn't it? I thought of a banana split. You know, you've got all of your great little condiments that are thrown in with your banana split and your cherry on top and just coated with caramel sauce. It's, yeah, it is bananas. It's a banana split. I'm hungry now. Don't do that. (laughs) Well, for you, it's dinner time. For me, I'm still sitting here. uh, It's not even lunchtime. (laughs) Catherine, sorry. If you're up north, it's breakfast, dinner, then tea. Oh, yes. Okay, so, so it's tea time. It's tea time, and you can't miss your tea time. <laughs> can't miss. I can't miss my tea. No way. <laughs> uh, one of the things I love about my podcast is the culture. I love meeting people around the world and hearing, you know, their different culture. Like, you know, you and your tea time, and <laughs> and biscuits. <laughs> This has been fun having you on the show and hearing about how you got to where you are at. Well, I've learned to sort of be kind to myself. And if I want to sit on the couch and binge some Netflix and eat some carbs, then that's fine. That's that's my Bridget Jones. City Monica's. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So is there anything we didn't talk about that you are anxious to share? Yeah, I suppose I don't know. I hate I hate to be a cliche and to and to sound like one of those people that I read about when I was when I'd left university um or, or or was wanting to get into my ideal dream job was just keep at it. Um things aren't things don't happen in a, in a linear in a linear way like there's going to be twists and turns and you might feel like you're going backwards instead of forwards and um things will will be forked in the road but i think again cliche time uh i don't know there's something to be said for having a dream and working towards it and always having that in your heart um maybe things do work out okay i mean god i'm nowhere near that that at the minute i'm just started out doing what i'm doing you could speak to me in next year catherine and i might be doing something completely different i hope i'm not but i suppose probably one thing i'd say is just keep keep at it keep keep being a good egg and don't be a dick that's it Vic elizabeth turnbull your twists and turns have brought you to such a happy place and an extremely productive place and you're providing positive imprints all around the globe. I so much appreciate you being open and sharing your positive imprints here on Your Positive Imprint. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a bloody delight. From strife to a voice, Vic Elizabeth Turnbull found her positive imprint. Your positive imprint. What's your PI?